0: Welcome to the show, Ronnie. Welcome to Become Your Own Superhero.
1: Thanks, lad. It's uh, great to be here and, um, yeah,
0: really excited about being part of the podcast today. Fantastic. And, uh, well, look, we're, we're blessed to have you on the show. And looks like you might be coming to us live from your sauna in your house. <laughs>
1: It's my um, almost like my log cabin uh, on the Canadian estuary. Uh, it's uh, you know, it's, a, it's part of my old reconverted shed, and so uh, yeah, it's it's part of my studio now, and uh, it's uh, a great sort of area in the um, the backyard where I get to look over the garden and enjoy the scenery, and but uh, also has some nice quiet time away from um, currently having a teenager's homeschooling. So it's uh, a nice little outlet to be able to come out here.
0: Well, it looks great. It's a, it's a unique background from all of the – this is the 52nd podcast that, that's been recorded, and yours is uh, certainly the most warming and comforting from what I can tell, and not <laughs> yeah, superimposed. No,
1: <laughs> no, it's no superimposed here. It's, um, yeah, it's the real deal. So, uh, yeah, I've got um, just uh, everything I need in my own ho- office space here, so it's great.
0: Now, speaking of homeschooling, Romney – you are no stranger to the education system. Can you tell us a little bit about your former life as a school teacher?
1: Yeah, so many years ago, I decided that um, phys ed teaching was an area that I had some passion for. Um, finishing up at school, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And I thought phys ed teaching was a, an area that I was passionate about. So I decided to go into that. And I end up uh, teaching for just about eight years. I was teaching in uh, some independent schools in Melbourne, Victoria. And then I also taught in the Western District of Victoria in Australia and also did some teaching briefly up in Queensland. Uh, But it was an area that I I remember there was a a distinct moment when I was in my final year of teaching and a phys ed teacher there who was actually my teacher. Uh, I went to a school called Geelong College and The phys ed teacher there was actually my teacher when I was a student, and he said to me, Rom, when you get to my age, um, you know, you've been in the education system for around about 30 years. Um, My recommendation would be not to do that. I reckon you should go and do something with your life, apart from teaching, where you can always come back to teaching if you want to. And so... That's what I decided to do. I decided to give up teaching altogether. And my wife and I moved to Queensland. And the hard thing was that when I got up there, there was uh, there was no work at all. Um, and I ended up doing some work at, a, at a, uh, a resort for about eight months. And then I started up my own small business doing some personal training. And so yeah, teaching was an initial part of what I wanted to do. But it was just a very start, and what teaching allowed me to do was develop confidence with dealing with people, um, particularly with schools and the education system, and it probably lends itself well to what I do now with the books and resources that I'm creating, and with a life graduate um, group, which, uh, which is my business. Uh, last year, I was actually doing a lot of uh, public speaking in schools, running masterclasses, but as of uh, COVID 2019, when that came into play uh, for this year, uh, all that suddenly uh, disappeared. It uh, wasn't, I couldn't facilitate any classes in uh, in schools and therefore I had to make a pretty quick shift and uh, and pivot to creating the books and resources, which I actually love doing now. So it's a great, been a great opportunity for me.
0: Well, that, uh, I think you've, you've might have glossed over some of the real good stuff there. and we'll just before we get stuck into this other life graduate genius i'd like to just explore a bit more of your youth because you come from an elite athlete background of sorts can you share with us some of those details
1: yeah so the uh, I actually first represented australia back in 1988 uh there was a an unknown sport called dragon boat racing not so unknown over in asia been in australia dragon boat racing uh, was very new and so i was i was only um 13 years of age and so it was at a time when i was actually a bit of a man child i grew up very very quickly my stepfather was a part of a crew a surf boat crew uh, down at uh, torquay at a place called janjak and there was an opportunity for me to to be part of this crew, and so it consisted of I think it was 22 uh, rowers and uh, a sweep, and uh, my my sort of part in the crew was to be able to sort of fit that role of being in the crew to be able to help you know get fill that 22nd position, and uh, and what it ended up being is an opportunity for me to represent Australia, and then we went over to China, and uh, we got. Uh, fourth in the world and uh, that was an amazing opportunity and so we that the world championships were held in Hong Kong and we also did some travel across to Beijing and in 1988 when we went to Beijing that was before everything happened in Tiananmen Square and uh, it was quite an interesting time back then and I was a young blonde-headed boy uh, and I was treated very very differently than the uh the little chinese children that were over there so every person that came and saw me wanted to touch me and touch my hair and and so it was quite a, a a surreal situation yeah but yeah so that was the start of um, my sporting career and then i did a lot of athletics and uh represented uh victoria in athletics surf while saving was another area where i was in the national championships and uh Got all the Victorian championships. So I won a number of events and then represented Victoria in the national championships and did well there. But um, it was, yeah, and I also did a lot of AFL football, cricket, and um, playing a fair bit of golf now. So it's, uh, yeah, broad, broad selection of different sports that I participate in.
0: Well you you give me the distinct impression that you're a man of action and it's not even a, an impression you are, you are a man of action <laughs> given the sheer number of books that you've written but we'll explore that shortly as well. I want to know from a from a an influence on the rest of your life being involved in elite level sport and athletics you know traveling overseas at such a young age being part of you know, even though it's not an Olympic sport, it's still, you're still the best in in the country and then fourth in the world. What kind of impact does that have on the rest of your life in terms of how it shaped you now?
1: It was a real defining moment for me because from a teenage years, I was actually suddenly thrown into a situation where I was working with elite athletes in their own right. So, um, for dragon boat racing for example it was a very young sport in australia but i was suddenly thrown into a crew where there was australian kayak representative or you know champions um there was canoeists there was surf boat rowers there was suddenly into a, a field of of men and me as a young boy and it was an incredible situation to be able to sort be part of at such a young age and we we were doing a lot of external activities and events and even you know push up a thons and things like that where uh, it really created a, a sound a sounding sort of structure for me moving forward and I was actually a, a real goal a goal setter at a young age, so probably from that moment forward, I'd actually start to establish goals very early on, and they were they were mostly sporting goals. But then I started to expand that for um, as I went, I, you know got a bit older into academic as well, and it's actually one of those sort of things when I do my presentations to schools, I've got this old Milo tin. And I actually bring the old Milo tin and inside I've actually got my goals from when I was 14, 15, 16 years of age upwards. And it was incredible actually to demonstrate to them the goals that I had set down. And across those goals, at least 80 to 90% of those I've achieved now. And it goes back to uh, you know, significant evidence, evidence to prove that if you write your goals down it's almost like a, a, a tattoo on your brain. You're you're subconsciously really focused on that, and so that sporting um, career early on really really helped me. And I've been surrounded by by high achievers all through my life. My stepbrother, uh, Will Schofield, he played for West Coast Eagles, and, and he was part of the grand final win a, number, a couple of years ago. Wow. Uh, so Will's sort of seen me grow up as well, and. And uh, I've got a number of like one of my other best mates. He played. Um, he made three hundred runs against India for uh, you know the national Australia team when he was uh, fifteen or sixteen years of age. And so I've always surrounded myself with with people that uh, are real goal achievers, and been really fortunate to have that. And so that did start off very young for me.
0: The the eighty. 80- odd percent of goals that you that you'd achieved the the ones that you hadn't do you remember what what type of goals were they were and do you remember now why you didn't tick those ones off yeah
1: a few of them are financial goals uh they were they were pretty bullish at the time i think when i was in uh year 11 at school when i was about 16 17 years of age i think i wanted to earn twenty thousand dollars but It wasn't until the following year I actually achieved that because I I was very fortunate. I got a a position with Coca-Cola as a sales merchandiser traveling around and I was able to get that. But I think the goals, if you set your goals and they're stretch, stretch goals or stretch targets, you may not achieve them straight away, but what you're more than likely to do is probably get 90% of the way to achieving it. And 90% is much better than not really setting them and achieving them at all. And so there were a number of goals, perhaps even academically, where I may not have achieved them. But when you're on the reflection, it's interesting that if I had achieved those goals, maybe my life would have moved in a different direction and I may not be sitting where I am now. And so My mum always sort of, you know, she's a a strong believer in, in, you know, it's not what you're dealt with in life, it's how you deal with it. And I I do think that there's certain things that play out in your life which, uh, you know, might be meant to be, but I also think that there's opportunities passing you all the time, and so having these goals at a younger age allowed me to be focused on what I really wanted, and and I think that's the pathway pathway I've sort of taken now, and and why I've been so driven to take action every single day as well to achieve the goals that I really want to
0: achieve. And it's not like you're the first person in the history of the world, Romney, to, to extol the virtues of goal setting, and, and I'm curious to know why things like goal setting aren't part of curriculum at primary school with kids?
1: Yeah, there's been a bit of a shift probably in the last 12 months to a couple of years where there's been a lot of mindfulness mindfulness activities going on, but there's still – I still haven't seen much evidence in – Education to, yeah, about goal setting. And it was interesting the last couple of years when I've been doing my master classes in schools, uh, the number of students, if I get the students to put their hands up, how many have actually established goals before or even written down goals, you may be lucky, lucky to get one or two children out of a class of 25 or 30. Uh, the percentage is so small, and it's something where it probably is, needs to be driven from the home front as well. And so if mum and dad don't set goals, then the children are very unlikely to do it themselves. And probably I was lucky where I didn't have, my parents probably didn't write goals down, but they were very focused on what they wanted to do. And I think there's a, there's a big difference though. There's a lot of people that subconsciously might have goals that they want to achieve, but the physical process of writing them down uh, can be a massive game changer. Because suddenly you're becoming very conscious of what you want, you start looking for the opportunities that you really need to um, obtain. and you've suddenly got a pathway that you can follow and you can start to map out a plan and develop those coordinates. And if you don't have a goal, if you don't have that set target of what you want to achieve, then you then you're unlikely to follow the right pathway to achieve what you need to achieve. So yeah, it's um, the the school children, I think, would greatly benefit from just some very basics of goal setting and establishing, even if it was three or four goals. And I've developed some resources now which uh, provides that opportunity for students to do that in in journals, uh, in, in school diaries and things like that. And I think it's just an introduction which they, they can then work on and, and move from there. But I think it would greatly benefit them if there was more of that in schools.
0: Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Romney and I. The thing I think about is, if I was the education minister, I would bring in the fundamentals of life, finances, you know, like domestic chores, and and it's astounding how many young kids have zero clue on how to just manage their life. Uh, you know, like <laughs> it really blows my mind, and they just they don't see it pertinent to to teach this in schools. And, and maybe there's more of it at the higher end of the education spectrum from a private school point of view. Um, but, yeah, something that's really of interest in, of me, because it? it's not like, you know, you, you have written a book called Magnetic Goals, which was endorsed by Brian Tracy, everybody, who <laughs> if you don't know who Brian Tracy is, pull your head out underneath the rock that you've been living under, and and do a quick search on Brian Tracy. He is largely regarded as the 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 godfather of goal setting. Would you disagree?
1: No. Yeah. And Brian's had a, a huge influence on on my life over a number of years now, and I I love his the approach he takes uh, to goal setting, and he he's he's probably uh, the way that he can actually adapt. Um, the, the philosophy of goal setting to make it simplified and to bring it together. And when you are talking about goal setting and I've, I've put it in magnetic goals as well, but, and we've spoken about this previously was that there was, uh, there's a, there's an important element of goal setting, which some people tend to focus on. Maybe they think if they just set some financial goals, that's good enough, or if they just set some fitness goals, that's good enough. Well, the best way to goal set is actually if you think of a quadrant and have um, health, wealth, self, and happiness. And if you can get, if you can throw, you know, a dart and get the middle point of that, that would be the ideal of goal of, of your goals. So if you can set your goals around your health and your habits, um, and making sure that you've got a balance there, uh, your wealth. So ensuring that you're doing things towards generating wealth activities with passive income activities yourself is actually doing things that keep you happy so it might be doing uh, an annual golf trip with a group of mates it might be doing something with your family and keeping that balance in place and then the 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 happiness area is is your relationships and your relationships with the people that are important to you and those nurturing relationships which you know, going through good times and bad times, are going to be there. So the health, wealth, self and happiness, if you can get uh, a balance between all those four, then that's the ideal and that's what you're looking for. And you're never probably going to get at the perfect balance between all of those four. One might be up, one might be down, and you need to work hard every single day to develop the right habits to achieve those goals. But that's probably uh, an area of goal setting that people probably don 't focus on, and so when I have my clients and we 're talking about goal setting, I always talk about that balance and not trying to have too many goals in one area, so you can 't be so focused on having your fitness goals because if you 're training six to seven days a week and you 're out of home a lot, then you might be you might be um, letting your relationship down, you may not be spending the time with the people that you really need to because Ultimately you don't want to win the marathon and turn around there's no one there to you know greet you when you come across the finishing line you want yeah. you want that hug at the end of the finishing line so yeah that's just a, a something important to consider when you're looking at the goal setting and and Brian Tracy also talks about that balance as well when he talks about goal setting
0: well one of the great things I ever did for myself, Romney was I got access to a, a life coach uh, at the start of twenty the end of twenty seventeen, and she was based in Mauritius. She was one of the one of my friends' mother in law. <laughs> I was like, "Do you know her? Do you know her life coach?" And he's like, uh, "My mother in law. She's based in Mauritius, and she was a a life coach, a career coach, and a style style like a stylist." I didn't need any styling help from her, thankfully, <laughs> but the other two a truckload, and and I was coming out the back end of a really really heart like devastating breakup. I was, I was at a bit of a crisis, actually. I was going to give away my, my career in recruitment and move to the sunshine coast to help support my brother and become a personal trainer and live at high Like it was with the benefit of hindsight, people around me must've been going, is Laban okay? But the thing, the thing about, her name is Dolly, Dolly Chung. And she's, she gets a special shout out in, in, in my life. Cause she helped me a lot, but we we were going through goal setting and, I'd never really set goals prior to that. I never knew about it. I hadn't done the reading that I've done now. And when I look I've got the notes in my in my beautiful you know whatever these are called the moleskin thing and I and I look back and and there's this great section about my ideal woman. Cuz I had been a prolific prolific sex addict and, and online data. I've been on 150 first dates. So that doesn't ex- <laughs> ex- exclude any follow-up dates, which there was, and I, and that was over four years. And of the four years, two years, I was in committed relationships, right? So it was about 1.3 a week. It was a lot. Yes,
1: um, yes.
0: And when I met Anna, my now fiance, in the streets of Melbourne, it wasn't through an online thing. I just saw her randomly in the street, went up and approached her, about a month later, when things were starting to get serious, it, we'd both set these lists of what we wanted in our partner. And I had written mine in explicit detail. And so yes. had she. And it was jaw-dropping going back over those notes. Like I, I think I put I want a, like I want a European woman, or Eastern European. She's Russian. Like,
1: <laughs> like Yeah. Wow.
0: yeah so again it shows you the
1: the the power of the subconscious mind and and how if you're you 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 obviously you knew in detail who you wanted to be with and the kind of person they were going to be and so subconsciously you started to seek out those people and and you became you know obviously that attraction was there and and Whether you knew it or not, your mind was working behind the scenes because you'd actually explicitly written down who you wanted to be and what that kind of person needed to be like. And so uh, it's incredible that those opportunities can happen regardless whether it's a relationship, whether it's a financial goal you want to achieve, whether it's a fitness goal. And some people have written uh, page after page of goals 10 years ago and they lose it. And then they find it when they're moving home and they reflect through it and they will be amazed at how many of those goals they actually have achieved. Uh, Now it's probably something I don't advocate in writing the goals down once and not looking at it for 10 years, but it just demonstrates the power of writing them down. And then, uh, you know, I always advocate for goals to be written down and to be reviewed daily if you can. And even if it's just five minutes sitting aside, part of your daily habits would be to, you know, it could be a laminated A4 piece of paper with your 12 months goals, and you just look at them daily. And it's just something I think it's it's really powerful, it's underrated, and it's something that can really accelerate you to, to achieving greater things. And there's nothing better than having a checklist of goals that you're achieving, and there's small little actions that you're doing every single day, and it's that momentum that you get and with momentum, you get confidence and with that, you get power and you suddenly start to attract more things into your life because you have that
0: momentum. What is the, what's the greatest goal that you've ever set that's come to fruition in your life, in your own opinion?
1: Uh, I think probably establishing my own business. I'd always work for other people, and I'd work for. So it was a teacher, then work for the AFL, then I worked for Australia's largest provider of before and after school care programs, and helped that business to grow to eventually be sold for over four hundred million dollars. And so, then the next business I went to was Australia's largest dental provider and help that double in growth. And it got to the end of that point in time in 2017, and yeah. I just thought, well, do you know what? I think it's time for me to take that leap of faith and to have confidence in what I am as a person and the relationships I have with people and how I can build that to, to benefit my family because I want my family to 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 see what happens when you do set Big goals and what can happen if you take that leap of faith and you have confidence and you you cut the tether from being employed and having a, a safe job. Well, they call it safe, but no job's ever safe. And we've just found out that out in the past six months, you could have been employed for 20 years and suddenly you're made redundant and and you've lost your job. So never think that there's a safe job, but People consider that if they're on a payroll, that that's a safe job. And so, for me, my uh, biggest thing, biggest goal, was actually starting my own business, having the confidence to do that, and to step off the cliff. And they do say that the universe's got a funny way of catching you if you do take that leap. And I've found that personally, that it's a lot of hard work, but I'm loving it, and I couldn't be happier. Couldn't be happier.
0: Well, I think I think we should explore this a little bit, Romney, because. The, you know, you say 2017, you went out on your own?
1: I started, so I was what I did is I gradually um, pulled away from the full-time employment. So I was fortunate enough that the employers that I was working for allowed me to start working. Um, it was initially four days a week, three days a week, and then I actually, you know, cut the tether and started doing things for myself full-time from probably halfway through last year where it was just full-time
0: me. Is this the hardest thing you've ever done?
1: It would be because at a time when I thought that things were going to fly in a certain direction, things suddenly, with a handbrake, went on pretty quickly. Where I thought I was going to be in schools facilitating programs. I did have a, I've got another business called Total School Solutions, and it was all about creating financial efficiencies in schools. And I had meetings set up, ready to go at the beginning of this year, and this is going to be my launch to be able to take my businesses to the next level. Suddenly, uh, schools didn't want people on site. They became very insular. They just wanted to make sure that their families were being cared for the health of their children was paramount or the students were paramount. And so that suddenly stopped. Um, the programs I was going to be running in schools suddenly stopped. And so, what it allowed me to do though was to reevaluate how I was going to run my business, and on reflection, it's the best thing that's ever happened. Because when I was running programs in schools, uh, if it was just going to be me driving around for the point in time, until I'd maybe got facilitators that could do it for me. But what resources and books have allowed me to do is have a greater reach globally, to far far greater reach than I've ever thought I would have, and so I've got readers. From my books across the globe, and now I've been able to establish the Life Graduate Publishing Group to have now I've now got um, closing on a hundred resources and books, which from beginning of the year to now, um, there's been a lot of work invested into doing that. But I would never have. Be- done that unless I'd taken that leap of faith to do my own business and to and for for what's played out this year uh to take that opportunity. And I think that's the biggest thing for every for every you know storm cloud that comes across, there's a rainbow on the other side. you just need to make sure that you you look for those opportunities when they present themselves.
0: Yeah, it's interesting talking to anyone that's that's uh experienced this COVID scenario and how they're responding to it. And I've heard some people say Oh man, I'm so bored. Like, and I and I'm thinking, how how could you not use this as an opportunity to to do something great? Like it, it and I and I've spoken about this publicly. It's been one of the greatest things to ever happen to me. And you know, life life is still not without its challenges. And Christ knows what the future's going to hold, right? Because I was the same as you. I had a bunch of speaking gigs lined up. I had a I had a pathway, a proven pathway to a successful speaking career that i was going to follow now now that's gone out the window and and i worked in recruitment for 14 years prior to this and i had i was an it specialist and i had probably one of the most in demand recruitment roles in the country as of january and then february <laughs> see you later oh. and um and that and that does certain things to your ego and and your perception and i must admit at times romney i've found myself a little bit disillusioned with the future. Do you have any ideas or suggestions on how to mitigate those feelings?
1: It's about, again, there's, there's a few things that I want to probably come into play here. And it's, it's a combination of a number of things. It's understanding that the futures um, there's the future, but there's what you obviously want to have, you know, what, what your future looks like now um, can play out very, very differently. And you need to know exactly what what you want and work hard every single day and take the actions every single day that you want. There's no point sitting back and waiting for life to happen. You need to actually be proactive and make it happen for you. And so – for anyone that's having challenges at the moment, and there's challenges everywhere, there's relationship challenges, there's employment challenges, there's financial challenges that are happening, and we're all going through this together, and it's one of those things where you need to work really hard to identify what, what is really important to you. What What is it that's going to drive you every single day to get out of bed early, Um, to go and do your morning walk or your run, to get into the office and, and really do what you think is going to be important to your life moving forward. So for anyone that's sort of struggling at the moment, there's something I call the goal loop, which I think comes into play really well here. So the goal loop was established to be able to help people develop goals, habits and actions and then get an outcome from that. So for the part of the goal loop, to, to make that work for you, and particularly in the time right now where people are struggling, it's about establishing a goal so you're almost um, reverse engineering what you want to happen in the future. So you just you establish your goals. Then when you establish your goals, you then have an opportunity to develop the right supportive habits which will play into that. So uh, one of your goals might be that you want to uh, – for example, lose lose five kilograms, you know. And so part of that would be that you then need to develop the right supportive habits for that to happen. So what do those supportive habits look like? And that might be that you need to uh, start to get up a little bit earlier. It might be an extra half an hour in the morning because then you can do your workout or your sit-ups and your push-ups. And so it's about establishing those incremental habits very slowly. But by having a long-term approach to this, uh, it allows you to be able to uh, clearly identify what those habits need to be. Then, once you've developed your habits, you've obviously got daily actions that you need to take. And for anyone having actions in place, it might be as simple as having one or two actions you write down every single day. Just simple things which get you runs on the board and start to build your confidence. So, you've got your goals, you've got your habits, you're doing your daily actions when you start to achieve your goals, you need to celebrate as well. So celebrating your goals is really important because firstly, it's a subconscious win as well. And when you develop that, and we spoke earlier about it, it's getting that confidence going, and then you learn from those wins and then you redevelop and remodel your goals moving forward. And so that's where the goal loop sort of comes in. And for people right now, They need to start to think of something that's important and relevant to them and what they would love to achieve. And if you've got that written down and you have a timeline against it, that will really help you to achieve those goals and to get out of a bit of a rut because there are people that um, I I, I feel for because they might have lost their employment, um, their relationship might be struggling because they're in a lockdown situation and they've got children at home that they're homeschooling and they can't see through the the cloud at the moment and they need to really take time out for themselves even if it's just an hour and identify what do they want where do they want themselves to be in 12 months time this this will pass there's no it's actually um one of the interviews that you you conducted with les brown he, he spoke about it saying that it's yeah, it's one of those situations it might be a correction it's a correction in probably our lifetime where we have an opportunity now to to really um, uh, control alt, delete and, and make sure that we're actually resetting ourselves and we have an opportunity to push forward and it might be that opportunity that we need and I think many of us need to step back reevaluate where we are, take the opportunities, That present themselves but know clearly the clarity of what you really want from now into the future and
0: develop the right habits around that it's really great advice romana and if if people are listening to this or watching this where which one of your many books can they can they find this particular information if they want to go go over it again is this magnetic goals
1: yeah, well, Magnetic Goals was the first book I established and that's really establishing the right goals for you. Probably um, The Habit Switch, uh, which was is probably my best performing book and that really breaks down developing the right supportive habits that are right for you and relevant for you and how to implement them into your life incrementally. And The Habit Switch is probably... Look, I don't like choosing babies, um, you know, (laughs) between favourite books. Uh, But that the habits which I feel is 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 something a book that really resonates with people because I'm not trying to promote for people to uh, develop habits very quickly. They need to be incremental habits that you build slowly with a long term approach. And it's by doing the long term approach that you get the greatest success because with incremental growth and st- habit stacking, you start to get results which are really favorable to you because you've got that long-term approach. So yeah. probably the habit switch, you know, in yeah. summary.
0: <laughs> well I think it's it's like uh, you know if you if you focus on Brian Tracy, I could be wrong, but I think he's written over 60 books. And and if you if you made him pick, you know, one, you know, like sure he could do it. But it's better that you you probably engross yourself in as many as you can because you start to get a really good feel for what works for you and um, the language that you use. And just, you know, touching on what you were talking about earlier, um, Anna and I have put a whole bunch of post-it notes on the, on the front door. And so, cause we've got our, we've attached our masks to the front door so we don't forget them. And so now the, there's, there's post-it notes there and on the fridge with regards to, are you sure you want that? Like, because, In Melbourne, at the moment, we're in a stage of lockdown where the supermarket shuts at seven thirty, and there's a curfew at eight, which is kind of a blessing in disguise because it stops that late night snacking. Um, So for that, that, I'm sort of grateful. But it's immediately had an effect. I've gotten rid of the scales out of the bathroom, which which are digital BMI, you know, biometric scales rather, and and I became obsessed with tracking my weight because as as you know, we spoke offline, I've got to reset some of my weight goals to the weight that I, I I feel like is a good way for me and the best representation of, of you know me practicing what I preach. So and that's just been an evolution. Um, and, and I have found it challenging at times to try and put the the amount of effort on the right area. And what I mean by that is like I spent the last five years so focused on developing, you know getting rid of addiction developing mindset, finding the person of my dreams, fostering much better relationships, that I neglected the financial side of things. And you, and you really nailed it before when you're saying you got to find that balance and throw that dart, and sort of get it in the middle. And, and the timing of the financial thing is being more magnified by the current predicament. Do you, is there a particular piece of advice or resource that's really red hot on developing wealth that you can recommend? There's
1: look, there's there's so many books. Depends on where you are in your life. And so there was a book that i read many, many years ago by Paul Clithrow called Making Money. And it was a it was a book that resonated with me really, really well, um, very on because Paul Clithrow is a a very well-known financial guru in Australia. And I remember seeing him speak when I was about 14 years of age. He came to my hometown to speak. And so Making Money was one of the first books. So it depends on what stage of life you're at. If you're uh if you're just getting into things, then a book, uh, so Making Money by Paul Cliffrow. You could also invest your time into a book um, you know, through scott pape the barefoot investor australian um very well known uh, you know that book sold well over a million copies now and that's for families and so that's another really really good book and there's some other there's off the top of my head i can't think what the book was called thinking uh, grow I mean, rich Peters, yeah thinking, thinking grow rich um top napoleon hill that's a an amazing book as well and there's look there's so many books out there that are just depends on what your focus is. Is it to generate passive income through stocks and shares? Is it through property management? Uh, Is it through building a business? Uh, So, for example, Peter Switzer, another Australian author, he's written a great book about about financials and uh, about building your wealth through different asset classes. So, yeah, Think and Grow Rich is probably one of those ones where it's the legendary book, many people have read it many people have not just read it once but 10 times and you can highlight sections throughout it which it's amazing how it's a book where you grab information new information every time you read it and i think it's one of those ones where it has an instant connection with people because there's something in there for everybody and again it's about it's almost like goal setting as well and thinking forward and subconsciously planning what you want to do so that's that's been a, a book that I it really resonated with me as well.
0: Fantastic. Do you, what's what's the the some outrageous goal that you've set for yourself, Romney? That you're that you're willing to share with with our audience, so that we can refer back in five or ten years and and see how well it worked out for you.
1: Yeah. Uh, so one of my big goals at the moment is in five years' time. I'd like to have uh, 1,000 resources that are available through the Life Graduate Publishing Group. So it's a combination wow. of books and resources. So it's a five-year goal of mine. And so my uh, the Life Graduate Publishing Group, so I'm up to just over 100 at the moment. And so I need to accelerate that. And so my growth and my goals are all geared towards 1,000 resources. And there's some financial goals on there that um, – I keep pretty close to my chest, but I'm happy to share their 1,000 resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Just in case people come and rob you, <laughs>
1: <laughs> they can they can look they can they can grab the 1,000 books if they want to open bookshelf and they can run. But my goal uh, is to it's,
0: rob yeah. Romney Nelson <laughs> when he hits that 50 million dollar mark. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, if they do, they'll be much smarter for it. They'll have a lot of resources <laughs> on their hands.
0: <laughs> Probably worth a lot um, more but, than uh, the 50 million
1: yeah (laughs) but it's it's one of the goals that i reflect on daily and something else which might help people as well which i've found really helpful to me is i've actually done a recording of me in five years time so it's Uh, I've just done it on my phone and it's me talking. I'm sitting uh, in a a special location um, where I want to have a holiday house and it's me in the future talking about what each of my years are going to look like. And, yeah, so you've just got to – it's an out-of-body experience when you record it, but you've got to have confidence in the recording. And so every day I listen to that recording and it only takes about five minutes – but it actually keeps me on point. It lets me know, you know, it's a a good reflection tool to know where I'm at and what I need to do from every single day moving forward and the actions I need to take. So that's something I'd encourage people to do is their own affirmations, their own meditation affirmation, goal-setting affirmation.
0: Right. Well, this is the reason why I love podcasts because this is the gold right here for me. I want to know what's the language that you use and are you speaking as as if it's already happened when you are recording this or it's
1: I do uh, yes yeah, so I I for example it might say uh, rom on I'm, uh, I'm currently sitting here on the couch overlooking the ocean in your and your beautiful holiday house What you're going to achieve in 2020 is huge. You're going to actually move to getting 150 resources by the end of 2020. By the end of 2021, you'll be achieving far greater, the far better, greater goals than you ever thought possible. And you will have 175 resources, which are available globally to the market. And so what I end up doing is I speak as though they've been achieved and I'm talking you know, as a, as someone that's uh, been there and I'm on a reflection of what I'm doing. So in five years' time, I want to play that recording. I want to be sitting on the couch in my holiday house overlooking the ocean, and I want to be knowing that everything that I've said I was going to achieve, I have. And I know if I play that frequently enough, every single day, I'll the opportunities will start to present themselves and will start to happen and I'll make them happen. And, um, there's no turning back now. I, I've made a promise to myself and I want to deliver on it.
0: I love this because I, I'm not a huge fan of typing and less of writing as well, but I love recording. So, because I had done this type of stuff, but not with any intent. And and you've just given me some structure. And I, I think, just as an idea, there's no reason why you couldn't release a short audiobook, like either giving examples or showing people how to record this. Because I know people will be listening to this going, Yeah, but I sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Who's going to be the idiot when you're sitting in your holiday home overlooking the ocean?
1: That's right. That's right. And did it's. Did it feel
0: weird? Did it feel weird first? Did, like, yeah.
1: It, it 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 did feel weird when i recorded it and to be honest i've probably done three or four of uh, variations of it so over the past 12 months there's been a few different variations because i've actually accelerated beyond what my first recording had, had done so when i did my first recording i said that i was going to complete 50 books in 2020 well of a way i've surpassed that so far and so i can't listen to that anymore because i've gone past it and each recording i do gets better and better and as in i, I get more confident in what i'm doing and the other thing which you like might like to incorporate into it which i've done as well is i've um i've got a, a special place down at lawn on the on the coast and i've actually recorded uh, the sound of the ocean. And in the background, when I'm doing my goals, I can hear the ocean. And so when I'm talking about sitting, um, listening to, or, you know, achieving my goals, it feels like I'm there. And and if you already feel like you're there, then there's nothing stopping you from achieving it. So it's something, if you're not great at revisiting goals or writing down goals every single day, so some people... Like a Brian Tracy actually recommends writing down your goals every single day and repeating that. And that becomes pretty hard sometimes. But if you can just get your phone out and have your headset on and just take five minutes out of every day, that affirmation to your own voice, and it's something I really encourage you to do because it's not hard to put together and it can be a life-changing impact for you. And it's, it's something that I greatly benefit from every day.
0: Well, it, it had a profound impact on me, just you reading out your own thing, Romney, because like I was getting shivers down my spine. And I don't get that response unless something really deeply resonates and connects with me. So I think you're onto something there. And I, re- I really think an instructional audiobook would be another one of your amazing uh, publications, which is how many, so you're up to 100 publications now, and is it 11 books? Yeah, I've done 11
1: books. Uh, So when I say the 11 books, there's uh, five 30,000 word books. And then I've done some shorter books, but they're, uh, I call them the 30 minute quick guides. And so there's been some 30 minute quick guides, which are about 5,000 words each, but collectively 11 books. And then my resources develop those. And there's also, I've translated them to to German and to Spanish uh, as well. And so that collection sort of gets bigger. So yeah, it's it's what you sort of learn through the process that is empowering because you actually get to work out what works well for you, what is something that's gonna resonate with people and continue to improve and provide high quality content and books as well. Because anyone anyone could get on and produce something in, you know, a day's work, but it's it's not gonna be an ongoing um you know, uh, something's going to resonate with people long term. You need to provide high quality. And I continue to evolve as well with the work that I do. But it's something I love doing. And those resources, again, I would never be able to have the impact by driving around to schools doing um, presentations if I continued along that path. Whereas my books now, with the platforms that are available for audiobooks, ebooks, paperbacks, hardbacks, I can reach a global audience and that's something which I can continue to grow and there's no reason I can't get to a 1,000 resources uh, in five years' time as well.
0: Wow. How how can people find you, Romney? So
1: the best way would be through my website, uh, thelifegraduate.com, so www.thelifegraduate.com, and on that website there's information about me and my coaching there's information about so all my books and resources are are on that um on the website so you can check them out and there's some youtube videos of mine as well so if anyone wants to connect through that website then uh, i'd love to have a chat with them as well
0: brilliant I think this is a good time to wrap this up, Romney, because what I really truly feel like is that we need to have you back on because we haven't even scratched the surface of of the stuff that I was thinking about, but it, it needs its own extra show. What do you want to finish on for our audience?
1: Yeah, I think what I'd like to probably finish on is that, yeah, the actions you take today Get into the things that really have an impact later on for you as well. And so, don't don't do what the average person's prepared to do. Do more than that. So if you if you want to be someone that really accelerates your life and achieves more than what you ever thought you want to achieve, well, don't just be average. Don't just do the things that the average person in the street are going to do. If you want to really accelerate your life, then be bold. Be you know, have a, have a big, bold dream of what you want to achieve and take daily action every single day. Write the things down that you want to achieve and there's no stopping you. You know, you'll achieve everything you want to achieve.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Romney Nelson. It's Laban Ditchburn and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world i want to make something available to you go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training well i will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available and not only just bring them on but to develop relationships with them that build into know like and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire You'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O-E-S.com.